Good morning, everybody. God is good. And it's good, very good to husk us these days. Two fumbles and they still win, but he's still good. He's good all the time. We're so uh, glad to be in his house today. Thank you for coming this morning. If it's your first time, we want to welcome you. If we scared you, come talk to us. Um, uh, but uh, we, you know, we, we, we're so glad that you're here with us and believe that God has something great for you in store today. We're going to get in the Word of God today, and I'm going to complete a thought that I began last week, Psalm chapter 1. And it centers around the idea of being blessed. I'm, everybody say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Oh, come on, say it like you believe it. I'm, I'm blessed. We need to live lives. Sometimes uh, um, uh, we forget how truly blessed we are. And sometimes we go through life discouraged, in fear, uncertain about the future, and, and, and all that. But God, I'm here to remind you today that you are a blessed individual. You're blessed to be here today. You're blessed to live in the most beautiful country, the most amazing country in the world. We have our things, but trust me, we are still the best when you go all over the world. And that's a blessing. Some of you are convinced. Some of you are not so convinced. Next year when I go to Kenya, I want you to come with me. Maybe you might have a different idea. But I tell you, uh, the enemy uses sometimes... You know, he cannot, he cannot penetrate you. He cannot uh, uh, disrupt you. He cannot destroy your life. Because you have, if you're founded in Jesus, the Bible says, he will build my, I will build my church and even the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The only time he can do it is when he can deceive you into thinking that you're not blessed. I gotta, um, um, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'm going to pause. I'm going to stick to my plan. But I tell you, um, uh, Jesus showed us in the Beatitudes, Matthew chapter 5. I'm not going to go there right now. But it tells us a series of, of people. It shows us a picture of a series of people who are blessed. You know, blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are such and such. You, all, you know the Beatitudes, the seven blessings. And you realize when you look through the characteristics of those people, sometimes the things that he says are associated with blessing isn't what we would necessarily equate to blessing. All right? Because we have a tendency to always react to things as they are now and lose the big picture. Our God is amazing. He loves you. He picked you. Even before you were formed with your mother's womb, we, we sang a song this morning about that. He formed you. He designed you for such a time as this. And everywhere you walk, everywhere you go, walk around with that idea and with that attitude. In fact, make it an attitude that I'm a blessed person. Not pride, but having that thing inside, knowing that my validation, the person, the, the person of who I am, is not the people, it's not what the culture says, it's not what people tell me. You, people might even put you down. Don't look for people to validate your identity. Your identity is in Christ. And even all the stuff that's going on in our country, and I think sometimes, I will just say it as it is, sometimes I think there's a lot more interest in it that causes division on both sides. And we need to be, as people of God, recognize that and not be caught up in the spirit of the world. Don't, don't get the, the evildoers to kind of, um, uh, and, the, and the people with evil intent to kind of shape and direct 
our thoughts and where we put our, our effort and our fears. We need to guard and protect our hearts. What is the law saying? If I'm blessed, I find my identity in Christ. You can like me or dislike me. It will make a difference. I'd rather you like me because I think I'm a nice guy sometimes. But if you don't, it doesn't change who I am. Why? Because who I am, he already declared it a long time ago. And that's how I live every day. And we are blessed. So Psalm chapter 1, we talked about it last week. I highlighted a few verses. I highlighted verse 1, and I highlighted the last verse. The first one talks about the blessed person. is a person who does not get counsel from the ungodly. They are careful. They are picky about who speaking, speaks into their lives. Since they don't hang out with bad company, uh, uh, in other words, uh, they don't, they're not caught up in the ways of the world. It's not like you separate yourself where you cannot reach anybody. It's not like you, you're too heavenly good. Or how, how do they say you're too heavenly minded for, to be any earthly good? It's not that at all. Jesus hang out with sinners. The, what the Bible is speaking about is when people that are influencing the way you, you live, they're dictating to you um, how you should go. They're setting in pace how your mind should think concerning life, concerning just any, any matters of life. And I'm, catching, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit. It's saying that we need to be, instead of that, and I highlighted that, that we need to protect that. Make sure that you're speaking, you're, you're letting um, people in your life that actually speak for things that actually matter, that are godly people. The spirit of the age is not a godly spirit. But it's called the spirit of the age. There's a, dom- there's a dominant spirit that moves in different times and different seasons. And so this is a godly person separates themselves from that so it doesn't corrupt their blessed mind and their blessed heart and their blessed life, okay? So today I want to point a couple other verses because it gives us the alternative. It says that a blessed person centers around these two ideas. Okay, verse 2, Psalm chapter 1 and verse 2. It says, um, um, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. Verse 3 says, He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of waters that brings forth its fruit in its season. And whatever he does prospers. Man, I get stuck on that line. How many do a lot of things? How many jack of all trades are in here? Master of none. Here the Lord says, you can be jack of all trades and master of all. Because he says, this person, whatever he does, prospers. I'm like, God, what do I have to do to be this guy? How many are thinking, man, I want that. You already are blessed, my friend. It's already in you. When you accepted Christ to come into your life, the blessing of God was bestowed in your life. The curse that was in your life before had, has been broken. The blessing has been replaced. You're a child of God, a daughter of the Most High King. And you need to live like a blessed person, speak like a blessed person, act like a blessed person, and go about your life thinking with an attitude that I am blessed. I remember um, uh, years ago, there was a lady that um, came to our church. Um, uh, she was, uh, in fact, I have a picture there. You, you may get, there's the only picture there. Catherine Dornell. You see her? Some of you remember her. She's now rejoicing and dancing with Jesus. 
At that picture, she was 107 years old. Uh, that's my, I think it might have been no, um, Tori there. I can picture which child. But anyway, one of my children. I, I know there was 107 years between there. And, you know, uh, she, at one point I think she was the oldest person in the, in the state of Nebraska. But one of the things that it was really interesting was she was so consistent in this. Every time. She would be in church early. She'll sit in the front row. Uh, she was in the back seat. No, no offense back there. But even when we'll have snow and uh, the weather will be bad and you'll get a 19-year-old, oh, yeah, I can't even get to church. It was just so hard. Uh, this lady, 107 years old, she's there. She's one of the first ones there. But every time you go to Sister Kathy, you say, how are you? Sister Kathy, her answer was consistent. Always. How many remember it? Jean. Blessed and highly favored. She got it. It was, there was never a day. You won't catch on at bad days like, man, I woke up on the wrong side of the bed today. I know I'm blessed by highly favored, but just don't talk to me. It was always consistent. <laughs> it was always consistent. Uh, you, you, without fail. And you, know, and you know what it was? It has a contagious spirit about it. Because she declared that. She recognized who she was in Christ. And she realized that I, if I am blessed and highly favored, that I need to speak as if I am blessed and highly favored. If I am blessed and highly favored, then I need to walk as if I'm blessed and highly favored. See, the blessings of God are not something we ought to take lightly. We are blessed with such richness by God that sometimes we don't draw from the well. We don't draw from the well and, and, and receive it because it would change the way we live. It would change the way we think. It would change um, the results of our lives. Let me give you a couple of verses that talk about the blessings of God, okay? The first of all, the blessing of God comes. The blessings, the source of blessing is God. So let me ask you, born again believers, where is God? In our hearts. It's not a trick question. I don't do trick questions. I don't do that. It's not a trick. Going back to the Old Testament. You read through the Old Testament, you realize that God came to people after the fall. The Old Testament after the fall of man. God would come to a prophet. He would come, the Holy Spirit would come to an individual. Um, and you see Abraham who received the Lord and, and different prophets of old. God will use them to speak his word. And the spirit of God will come to him and they will give a prophetic word. They will give a message to the people. They will tell people what God is saying. They'll speak to kings and give them direction. They'll, and then they speak to the whole nation. God was with the people of Israel. God went with them everywhere they went. He used prophets to link up that dot between him. Jesus comes. 33 years he walks on the planet. And we know his name was Emmanuel, which means God with us. He walked the planet. And if you can find where he is, you will be blessed. Because people will go from far countries. Multitudes followed him everywhere he went. You know, some crazy stories. People know that if I could just get there. There was a lady that talks about they had this issue of blood who could not get herself to Jesus. But she believed if she could find Jesus, if she could find the place where he was, that she would be healed from this uh, seemingly incurable disease. And she reached out to Jesus. 
pressed herself through the crowd and made sure. And she couldn't get all the way. And she didn't get an opportunity to even uh, talk to Jesus face to face. But she reached out and touched the hem of his garment. But she had believed that if I, even if I could touch the hem of his garment, I would be made whole. Her faith was there. And she touched Jesus and she was instantly healed. And Jesus was impressed by her faith and says, who touched me? And the stories are many, many like that. You read the, about the four guys who brought the, tore up someone's ceiling to bring their friend over so Jesus would touch the guy and heal him. You read about the Roman centurion who says, Lord, I, I want you to come and heal my, my, my servant. And, and then Jesus says, oh, I'll come to yours. And he says to Jesus, oh, no, no, you don't have to come. I know your word is enough. You just speak your word and my servant will be here. We read stories like that. But it did not stop there. God's cosmic plan for his people, he is on a mission to get us back to redemption, to the place that was originally ours. And Jesus, as so you would, is thinking, man, Jesus, if you could just hang out here for 2,000 years so that when I'm born and I live in uh, 2016 and I'm going through it, Jesus, I could just come to you and walk around. I have to, if I have to fly, I'll fly. If I have to, I'll do it. That would be awesome. And Jesus says to his disciples that you're better off that I live. You're better off that I live. They're used to living with this leader that nothing seems impossible. He walks on water. He speaks to dead people until them come to life. He comes to the scholars and the religious leaders and they want to trick him by intelligent questions. And he outwitted them every single time. He could see through their eyes. He was the smartest guy they ever saw. It was amazing. How many would have loved to walk under that ministry? And then Jesus says, I'm going to go. And trust me that it's better for you that I go. Because God had even something better for us. Because when he goes, he says that the Spirit of God will be deposited on you. And instead of me being here physically limited by, earthly, by, by an earthly body, and so you have to go to the Middle East to find me, I'm not going to be just Emmanuel, God with you. I'm going to put my Spirit in you. So God will be in you, not just with you. And for that, if you ever accepted that gift of God, you are blessed. God is not afar off. He's not in some distant country. He's not just with you. He's in you. And that's the wealth. That's what the blessing originates from him. And understanding that knowledge will liberate every one of us and give us so much confidence. That's why James says that I go boldly to the throne of God because so I may receive grace in my time of need. So you pray differently. It builds confidence. And we ought to be reminded sometimes of that very thing, that very gift of God that each one of us have. Secondly, I was going to say the blessing of God brings peace in our lives and not burdens. The blessing of God, uh, Proverbs 20, 10.22 says, that the blessing of the Lord makes one, a person rich. And it adds no sorrow with it. Think about that. They say, I think excessive debt is not a blessing from God. You go out, borrow yourself, and wait and realize you can't make a payment, and think that's a blessing. 
I don't think all debt is sin. But when you, it's like, I, I, I know I'm driving what I wanted to drive. And they think I'm cool. And when they come back for the keys, it doesn't feel like a blessing. <laughs> Maybe that was your blessing, not a blessing from God. But you t- and, and here's the thing. The, and, and, and the scripture that validates that in Christ, he says that, come to me. Here's what Jesus says. You come to me, come to me, all you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. It's the exact opposite of that. He can give you rest even in the midst of your trials. He can prepare a table before you even in the presence of your enemies. Paul comes back and says that I am pressed, I'm crushed, I'm persecuted of every direction, but I'm not crushed. Why? You are blessed. You're blessed beyond a curse. I saw a line, someone sent me one that says, hey, I'm still blessed to be stressed. I thought that was good. Because when you remember, you know, just when that thing that brings stress in your life, that coworker that drives you nuts every single time they walk near you, you can remember, I'm too blessed to be stressed about. They're not lifting up. They're not doing their part. Are you? No, I'm too blessed to be stressed by these things. They're too small to bring stress in my life because I'm way too blessed than any of that. So this passage we read, to me, gives you a couple of distinctions, or distinctives, if you would, that a blessed person pays attention to. Number one, he says, okay, let me read the passage one more time. Uh, um, number one is being, they are rooted in, in the word. Number one is they are rooted in the word. Say that with me. Rooted in the word. So verse 2 says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. That's the word of God, the written word of God. And, and, and in his law he meditates day and night. And then he goes on to say that he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of waters that brings forth its fruit in its season and whose leaf will not, shall not wither. And whatever he does shall prosper. The first thing I want to highlight here is living a life that is rooted in the word. Blessed people know this very well. That they can count on the word of God no matter what. Not the ideas of man. Not the cutting edge technology. Nothing wrong with that. Not being super creative and being innovative and all that. And that's all cool. But their life is rooted and grounded on the Word of God. Realizing that people, would, at times and seasons will change every single time. What's cool today will be uncool tomorrow. I was watching a video from 2006, and I thought, wow, have we come a long way. That time he was like, man, this was awesome. It's a DVD and all that, but you're like, wow, the resolution these days is, you know, things change. But you need to fashion your life and ground it and get yourself rooted in the word. It says like a tree. What's a tree? Uh, A tree comes from from a seed and that seed is the word of God. That's implanted in us. What's the word of God? It's Jesus who lives in us. He says that when we, live, we allow Jesus into our lives, that seed of the Lord's word is implanted in us. And so God can take these words that are in here, that are written in here. And as I study the word, as I deposit the word in my life, the Holy Spirit working with me can reveal God's word to me. And that's where I stand on. 
no matter what. When I'm high and above on the mountaintop, I'm so, still so much in need of Jesus up there. I'm still humble when I'm up there. I don't get carried away by successes, as perceived successes. It doesn't turn me a corner. I'm consistent. Like Catherine, I said earlier, she was always consistent with that. When I'm down and under, when I really cannot even, don't have the strength to carry on on my own, I still need Jesus. And I stand on his word. Okay, it says that they meditate on the word. And the meditation here, the, the, the Hebrew word for it actually is not just thinking. And I said this last week. But it actually involves even speaking it. Speaking the word of truth over your circumstances, over your life, whatever it is that you're, you're walking with. I might know the reality in, in natural might look a certain way. But I know what the word says. And so I stand on what the word says. You will be tested in those ways. And, but you're tested to grow. Okay? So a, a, a person, or I've seen blessed people, they don't waver left and right. Sometimes, here's the thing. Let me see Joshua. Before I get to the point I'm trying to pay, Joshua 1.8 kind of illustrates what I'm trying to say here about that the word that meditate goes more beyond just thinking it. It is more be, it's beyond thinking it. Okay? Joshua 1.8 says that this book of the law listen, uh, shall not depart from your mouth. Shall not depart from where? Not your thoughts. Your mouth. But you shall meditate on it day and night that you may be observed to do according to what is written in it. For then you will make your way what? And you will have what? Come on, you will have what? Not just any success, but good success. It says that that word will not depart from your mouth. How does that work? When you are maybe doing your business or working out there and something that you work for for so long and you feel like it's coming away from underneath you and you can't do anything about it. I'm blessed. How does that work when you're sick? Your body is aching. Your body is ailing you. You feel like you cannot get out. I mean, if I could just, I'm blessed. I am blessed. Even in my suffering, I'm blessed. You begin to pray it. You study the word. You speak the word. You live by the word. You share the word. You pray by the word. You realize that the world doesn't know anything that is to know about the blessing of God. And we talk about living by the word. There are principles that are in the word of God that you kind of learn to live by. And you realize that they are consistent, they are true, they will never change. Just like the laws of gravity in the physical realm. You get up on top of this building and decide to fly. I believe I can fly. <laughs> believe all you want. See, the, the, the devil tried that on Jesus. He says, oh, doesn't the word say that he, you know, he'll send his angels to catch you? If he, why don't you just jump and God will help you? <laughs> Jesus like, <laughs> you think I'm dumb? Thank you very much. It's not that. You know what I mean? It's understanding the principles of the word and how they apply to everything. You cannot understand it if you don't know it. So well, the very first thing you've got to do, you've got you to study the word. 
You're going to learn the word. The only, reason, the only time the Bible says that people, God's people are perishing is because of lack of knowledge. So sometimes God's people, you're going through stuff and you just don't know how blessed you are. And you end up suffering and suffering when you shouldn't have been suffering. If you suffer, suffer for the right reasons, not the wrong ones. Because it does say in Matthew chapter 5, the blessed are you who suffer for my name's sake. So you can suffer and be blessed at the same time. But suffer because of the right reasons. Don't go around looking for trouble, saying, hey, 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 I'm looking for my blessing. You know, I'm just going to tick everybody off so I can suffer and persecute it. No, 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 no. I know that's an extreme example. But the point I'm trying to illustrate here is that if you, um, um, there the, the, the are principles the principles about giving. giving like, give like you're blessed. Don't give like you're podcast. Give like you're already blessed. Pray like you're blessed. Pray bold prayers. God-sized prayers. No, God, I hope. I, hope, I really do hope. You pray the word. You study the word. You live the word. In another one in our time, you see, it's a principle of the word. There's a blessing associated with honor. Honoring parents, honoring elders, honoring those that are in authority. There's a blessing attached from the day of the Ten Commandments. And it's a principle. And sometimes we confuse respect and honor. Because respect is earned. You've got to earn it. You've got to prove it. But honor is given. You give honor. That's why we try to train our children to be respectful of adults. Whether they are related to us or not. Whether we approve their lives or not. No, they're not going to address um, uh, adults just like their peers. Why are we teaching that? Not that we have rules. And in fact, they don't even know it's a, there's no rule. But we're wanting to nurture the spirit of honor. Because when there's an honor, God returns a blessing. You honor elders. You honor authority. Not because they deserve it. Sometimes they don't. You honor the office. That God has things in place. The ordinances. Uh, 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 and the authorities even that be. Uh, allowed there because of God. And when we honor, even when we disagree, God blesses. It's a principle. He blesses you for that. God knows what goes around. He keeps good books. He, you don't say, God, you don't know. <laughs> Trust me. He knew even before it happened. But for us, it's incumbent on us to honor, to give honor where honor is due. Why? Because there's a principle that bestows blessing on us. It's a principle in God's word. Amen? So we live by the word. Get part on your life in the word of God. Try to establish these principles, not rules. You don't get me wrong. It's not the rules. It's the principles and understanding how these spiritual principles work. They're consistent over time. Okay? You leave the word. And the last thing is that you pray the word. Don't just pray some random prayer. And when you pray what you already know, that is the will of God, you pray differently. You pray with, there's, a, there's a confidence that's built in your prayer. One of the things that I love to pray for 
is praying for revival, praying for our city to come to Christ. I know it's already within the heart of God that every man, every child, every woman, every person in this city, no matter who they are and where they're from, they all need Jesus. And that God sent his son to die for them. And that if I can pray for that, I know that I'm consistent every single time with the will of God. Because he says, it's not my will that anyone should perish, but all may come to the knowledge of the Son of God. Man, when I pray for that, I pray boldly. I pray with, with fire. I let the Word of God, and I speak the Word of God. You also need to pray like that concerning your life. We inherit things. We make mistakes. We get unfortunate situations in our lives. But you take the word and say that I'm blessed. I'm blessed beyond a curse. Pray over your finances and say God is the, is the supplier of all things. The earth belongs to the Lord. This fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell upon it. My father owns, owns it all. I start praying differently. Not the hope kind of prayers, but believe. Whoever shall pray and believe in their hearts, you pray with faith. Because you know that you're blessed. The God that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. Second thing blessed people do that I've seen is that they, uh, it goes back to that verse, says he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of waters. What's the rivers? It's talking about the Holy Spirit. They are filled with the Holy Spirit. See, the river and lakes are different. It doesn't say it shall be like a tree planted by the lake. The last time I read about the lake, he talked about the lake of fire in Revelation. But the tree planted by the rivers of waters. See, rivers, think about rivers, there's always fresh water coming. There's always, the water is always passing through. I remember a couple of years ago, I was in Canada, and I went to Niagara Falls on the Canadians, and they say it's better than the American side. I believe them. Um, <laughs> Sherry. <laughs> You should get an amen from there. But anyway, but you know, watching the waters just coming down, it's like, it's uh, magnificent. You're like, I could stand there, for, I stood there for hours, just in awe. And the river, it's, it's always fresh water. Here's what sometimes we do. We get filled, and we put it in our diary, we put it in our calendar, we record it in the Record of our lives, you know, I was filled back then. I remember that day, the very day that Jesus saved me. I remember that. I remember the day that he filled me with the Spirit. But with this being filled, being planted on the river, you are drawing consistently on that well. There's fresh water even today. You reach out today and God gives you something fresh. The river is always moving. And that's how the Lord is picturing our, our lives. Not only be filled, but continually, ongoingly. Allow the Spirit of God to cleanse you, to, to purify you, to, to touch you, to move you, if you would. And you know, God still moves today. I felt His presence in the morning. How many feel His presence right now? The river... Don't stay away from it. Let your roots be planted deeply so you're connected. So listen to this. Jeremiah kind of gives us even a little bit bigger picture, and it's almost word for word. But Jeremiah uh, says this. Um, I think I have it up there. I believe so. It says, um, 
It says that they are like trees planted along the riverbanks whose roots, whose roots re- that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never, they never stop producing fruit. They never stop producing fruit. Now, a couple of things that kind of goes back and forth with what we're talking about. Number one, the root again is the word, okay? The root about, but, but that root is connected to the source of water at all times. Listen to what it says. It says that we, leaves will not wither, but it will produce fruit. It will produce fruit in its season. And Jeremiah kind of gives us a bigger picture. He paints a picture of different seasons, the drought and the different times. But that, that tree stays standing, whether it's drought and whether it's rain and sunshine and beauty, spring or no spring, the roots are connected what? They are connected to the source of water. But they produce their fruit in the right season. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, I don't have it up there, talks about how there are seasons of life. And, and when you understand that, you will realize that sometimes there are seasons of life. This is a time for everything under the sun. And he goes from time for this, time for that, time for morning, time for celebrating, time for that, da, da, da. And then verse 11 says that God, the Lord, behold, the Lord makes all things beautiful at his time. So what the scripture is telling us here is that a blessed person recognizes the time. They recognize the season. They understand that there are times and seasons for everything. They are firmly rooted in the word of God and always connected to the Holy Spirit in their lives. So whatever the season might be, they're not moved. Then they say, oh, I'm in this fun season. Thank you very much, God. But I'm going to ride my way because my, fa- my, my feet are planted firmly on you. I shall not be moved. But you can't just do that alone. You need the refreshing of the waters. See, when people are firmly rooted and they don't have the, the water, they don't have the spirit in them, they can get very legalistic because it takes discipline to implement principles in your life. So for some people, type A personalities, if they know the rule, you just tell me the steps. Five. Pastor, no, do not, yeah, yeah, tell me the steps and I'll do it. How many of those people in your life? And they would definitely do it. It's good, and God create, wired us all differently, okay? The problem with that, if you're not connected with the Spirit, then you tend, when people fall short, you'll tend to be more critical. Why can't they always do? They know church is supposed to start at 10.30. Why do they come at 10.35? That's a legalistic pastor. I remember one time I was, we were doing the service, and uh, we're worshiping after the service. And there's a guy that walked in the church probably right before I said the last prayer. And you know, a long time ago, I would say, boy, why you come that late? And the Lord just, I just smile. He says, thank God they came. Thank God they came. 
And they say, better late than never. But I say, thank God. No matter what they're going through, sometimes who knows what they had to, to go through to make it to church that day. I said, thank God they came. And you know, I was praying and I gave an invitation for someone that wanted to receive Jesus into their lives. And I asked people to come forward. He was the first one walking in. They got what they needed. So don't, 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 don't just be rooted and planted by the law. Keep the spirit flowing in your life. Don't count on yesterday's experience. God's got new, fresh anointing, fresh grace, new mercies, new grace every single day. Draw from the fresh well. Another scripture puts it this way. It says, do not put um, new wine into old wineskins. Don't count on 1975 revival. Count, how about pray for 2016 revival? And be a part of that wave of God. Because God's moving. See, Isaiah said that if you're willing and obedient, then you shall enjoy the good of the land. That's why you could have people in the same service, the same experience, hearing the same sermon, singing the same songs. One goes home thinking, wow, wasn't the Spirit of God moving in that place? And they're touched by God. They're transformed by God. And another goes in there. It's great. It's good. (laughs) Yeah. It's our attentiveness and our intentionality to connect with the Spirit of God. I've seen blessed people recognize those two things very well. They always say in the word, and they make sure that the Spirit is working in their lives. It's like a river that flows. Not yesterday's cup, nope. It's flowing in my life today. When I feel dry, I get in. You have scriptures in the, in the New Testament that says, build up yourself in your most holy faith. How do you motivate yourself? I've done it in the last couple of weeks where I realize I need to motivate myself. And you know how you motivate myself? It says, by praying in the Spirit. There are times that you have no one around you to encourage you. There are times the voices around you will not be what you need. And that's why the Bible says you have to build up yourself in your most holy faith. That's Jude, verse 20. And you pray in the Holy Spirit and then God revives you. I have had encounters with God in the car. Just singing and worshiping in the Spirit. And you feel... And, and God is so beautiful. Because I can tell you sometimes you, you feel it. I pulled on the side of the road. There, there's a moment you're like, God's here. And it's sweet and it's awesome. It's amazing when you get that. I'm like, this is not just a regular experience. It's an odd experience. And I'll pull over. Because I want to harness. I want to stay there. I want to soak in that presence. Because I know it doesn't always come all the time. That's why I pour out my heart. And I tell you, that comes by the Spirit of God. I have those moments that I think, wow, this is epic. I remember my first experience one time. I was uh, probably 18 years old when I had a visible, I would say, a visible manifest presence experience. And I was in prayer and in worship in my room, teenager on fire for God, just get learning more about how personal God is. And then God visits the room. And it's not mental, it's not just imagination, it's real. And at first you're like, wow, what is this feeling? And it's not all about feelings, but it was feelings like, well, I don't want to leave. And I remember looking back, what I didn't realize how many hours I was in there. When I got out, everybody, I went in the afternoon. Just in my Bible, you know, I was unemployed, broke, but I had Jesus. 
And I go home, everybody, their family had already ate dinner, everybody was, life had moved on, it had been hours. How do you explain that? How do you explain that? And it felt like a moment. And I'm always looking for that. It's like, wow, that's God revealing himself to you and saying that I'm real. And I see you. Even in the secret place, I see you. And I have a few moments like that in my life. And it's like nothing else. It's like an experience you'll never experience. It's a, it's a blessing. And I think God has special people that he does that. No, it's for all of us that are in Christ. That's how I realized because I was as ordinary as ordinary can be. Nothing peculiar. In fact, it will be unpeculiar. And I realized that God graces, God's grace, he's not a respect our persons. That if we seek him, he says if we seek him, we shall find him when we seek him with all our hearts. You know how much confidence he builds on you? In knowing how good your God is, how powerful he is, how amazing he is. When he actually shows up and you have a real experience with him, you keep the word. You be, in the, you be filled with the spirit and you maintain a continual life of blessing. It might result in material things. It might result in other things. Everything, Because it says everything you do will be blessed. It might be in fruitfulness and prosperity, long health, your health and long life. It might be future restoration, victory over your enemies. It might translate, it says, in everything, in everything of your life. But being a blessed comes to an attitude. I remember going back, two people that I knew, they were in my life at the same time. One guy, they're good friends of mine. Um, um, I, I want to say in the, in the late 90s. I might sound like an old man in the, when I talk about the late 90s. I was a teenager, by the way, in the late 90s. But these two guys, you can have such contrast in their lives. The most, some of the most blessed people I've ever encountered. Because one of the things, if you go to my hometown, Nairobi, um, I was like, you know, people always think, man, you're from Africa, you know. And um, the movies that kind of translate what my life growing up was like Tarzan, you know. <laughs> but well, the thing that you see, though, is, is the contrast. Like in a, in a city, Nairobi is a big city. And, and the difference that you see in a developed country, uh, maybe a developing country, more, uh, uh, is that it's not that they, they don't have the technological advancement and everything else. You have it. It's the contrast. It's the gap. So you could be in the same city and turn around and have the most magnificent upper-class neighborhood, the most beautiful golf course you'd ever play in, and turn around the other side of the street, it's poverty that you'd never see. You know, they say, we say have poverty in America. We don't. Like in, 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 and I, and I, I was ministering with our church at a, at a, at a slum ministry. We had a, some small groups in the slum, and I was actually going into a slum that was close to my house every day, doing small groups, discipling people, walking talking to them about the Lord. So I was in there. And I had this guy in my life. His name was Isaac. Lived in the slum. Isaac Muka. Man, one of the most, person, the most joyful person you'd ever meet. One of the most generous people you'd ever meet. Uh, if, if you knew how much he made and what he lived on, you'd be like, wow, how can you be so happy? So content. Always full of life. His job was, uh, he was actually, he would go to, the, to, to a nearby farm and buy milk and go sell little packets of milk to all the little shanty towns in, in Islam. And he would go pray with people and bless people. He'd empty out all his business money and give it to people in need. 
always happy, so blessed. You meet him, you, you never have a bad day around Isaac because he was always full of life. He was blessed. And always amazes me because he knew when he grabbed, and I remember when he got saved and when he grabbed the hall of Jesus, something turned on and he realized what privilege we have as believers. My other friend was Tony Wahome, who was in the same city, living a completely different lifestyle. He was a businessman that was also so generous, so on fire for Jesus, fashioned his business on Christian principle. To this day, he has a multinational company, multimillionaire. Like I was amazed, he still has his principles. This is a company that's all over the world. You know, I'm, I'm like I'm on a plane one time and I'm reading a business magazine and I see they feature like some up-and-coming uh, uh, African mil- billionaires. And I look through the list. I'm saying, I know this guy. The last time I went to his office, he had a picture of my family in his office. That's how close we were. And I see these two men. They're both incredibly blessed. But their blessing wasn't in the material possessions that they had. Love them both. And the point being is the blessing we have comes from the Holy Spirit who resides in us. And when you grab a hold of who we are in Christ, it changes our perspective. It changes. When people maybe treat you a certain way, you don't just react to all the stuff that's going on. You stay studying in the Word. You pray instead of doing other things that don't change anything, that always sometimes cause more problems than they begin with. You be in the Word and know who you are in Christ. We can change the world when they see the love of God. You look across the room. And I see people of all walks of life. I see people of all backgrounds. People of all ages and all generations. What is that? It's a blessing of God. Not something that man can create. Something that only God can do. Be in the word. Continually be filled with the spirit. If you're dry today, you reach out. The Lord wants to speak. Let the river of the Lord sweep through your heart and get you going again. Can I get an amen? Amen. Stand with me. Amen. Do you feel blessed today? Come on. Do you feel blessed? Amen. I'm going to pray.